0: Well, hey, Faith Bridge men, this is Mace Perez, Men's Discipleship Coordinator here at Faith Bridge, and we are wrapping up our podcast series on navigating the holidays. Our prayer for this series is that each of these episodes have been inspiring, encouraging, and equipping to men like you so that you can lead well throughout what can be a difficult and crazy season. Joining me today is my friend Michael Sullivan, otherwise known as Sully. Welcome, Sully. Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for being here. Now, many... Faith Bridges are, are familiar with you from your prayer moments on stage or hosting Faith Bridge at home, but they may be a little bit less familiar what you do throughout the the rest of the week. So tell us a little bit before we get into our specific topic for today, just about your role here at Faith
1: Bridge. Yeah, sure. So I serve as the business administrator and I tell people my job is what you don't see on Sundays. So a lot of the behind the scenes, accounting, finance, budgeting, IT, um, office management, human resources, that kind of stuff. So I uh, think ministry moments that you don't see, uh, you know, with your eyes, but things that are important um, to the life of a church and and helping us uh, make good financial decisions and and stay doing the ministry that we love to do. So, Right. Uh,
0: and one of the things that I, I appreciate about not only what you do, but about your leadership style in particular is not only – do you take care of all of those things, uh, you know, that help Faith Bridge want, run like a well-oiled machine? That's probably one of the most common, like, praises I hear about Faith Bridge is just how, you know, well-run everything is. So not only does you and all the amazing people that you lead produce that, but one of the things I appreciate about your leadership in particular is how you you really approach it with a pastor's heart, that you are really—even um, some of those mundane-type things, you you see— as ministry, and even um, you always look through those tasks to the people that that they are impacting. So I appreciate that about um, your leadership as well. Um, we're wrapping up this series on navigating the holidays. So we we started with Dan talking about leading our own souls, and we've been kind of moving out through concentric circles. And so this final episode is all about um, loving our neighbors. That most recently talked about the local church community. Now we want to talk more broadly about the community of people around us. And I know that that has become a, a passion point and a focal point for you and Jill and your growing family with baby Hadley who recently yeah. joined us. So tell us a little bit just generally how that came about, how y'all came to be so intentional about that sort of thing.
1: Yeah, I think it was probably three or four years ago, you know, Jill and I both work here at Faith Bridge and, we were just kind of talking about, you know, the heart of Faith Bridge is to make more and stronger disciples who make more and stronger disciples. And we were thinking about maybe the more, you know, of, of bringing people in and just kind of talking in, uh, on an anniversary weekend, actually, um, about how that's not really true of us right now. Uh, we spend all of our time at the church and investing here and just realized I can't really evangelize Ken Worline because he already knows the Lord. Uh, and, you know, with that being the reality, we just kind of stepped back and said, we want to be people who are pursuing others, uh, leading them to Jesus. And we just stepped back and kind of asked that weekend, where can we do that? Um, we didn't have kids at the time, so we would often hear people telling stories about, oh, I was at the baseball game and struck up this conversation. That just wasn't true for us. And so we were just kind of sitting on this anniversary weekend and, and thinking about our neighborhood and realizing, quite frankly, we didn't know any of our neighbors. Couldn't tell you their names. Um, I met one one time uh, who was, he would consistently walk his dog to the mailbox and I just, took a note that his name was in my phone, Chris, the guy who walks his dog to the mailbox. I didn't even know his last name. I didn't really even know barely his first name and certainly couldn't remember it. And so we just kind of left that weekend and said, we want to make a goal to be more intentional uh, in our neighborhood because this is the place where God has positioned us. And what was interesting is we left that and it was like the Lord wanted to double down and make sure we did something with it because a few weeks later, our house actually got broken into. And what that did, looking back, is you know when you've got cop cars in front of your house, suddenly all the neighbors come outside and want to know what's wrong with these people. And what that did is it gave us the opportunity to just meet people and know their names. And from there, it kind of launched into a further ministry opportunity. But it really, for us, it started with wanting to be available to, uh, for God's kingdom where we were planted, which was in our neighborhood, and wanting to um, get to know the people around us because we just had not done that.
0: I love that. and I imagine so many people uh, can relate, especially here in the suburbs. It's, it's easy to just be in your own little world, and our, our neighborhoods and, and communities are are in many ways built for that. Um, and so it does take a, an intentionality. Even if uh, you work in a secular workplace, to 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 bring that intentionality to your neighbors um, does require some some thoughts, some planning, some effort. I remember uh, a pastor speaking one time. He said, "What if Jesus, when he said to love your neighbor, meant to love your neighbor? You know, <laughs> like what does that mean? Well." Let, let's start with the low-hanging fruit, our, our actual neighbors. And I, I love how because you had that lens of wanting to emphasize the the more and to be intentional with your neighbors, how you were able to take a situation as unfortunate as, you know, your house getting broken into and even leverage that for the mission. Talk uh, about just kind of generally can you give maybe one or two examples of, of what that has looked like for you guys since that initial just getting to know people's names because of the cop cars in front of your house? Yeah.
1: So for us, we we're like, okay, we want to get to know people further. How do we do that? And we just realized people love to gather, um, but it takes somebody initiating to make that happen. And so we felt like the holidays really were the time to leverage. Kids are out of school. Um, we have a variety of kids in our neighborhood, but we also have people that don't have kids, but people tend to gather around the holidays. And so we were like, what is something just fun, easy that we could do as a way to get people out and to meet one another. Uh, And so we did a Christmas cookie decorating competition. Uh, We went to the store, bought like Betty Crocker break and bake cookies, baked them, grabbed some frosting and then put together a little gift basket that was holiday themed. And then we just printed up some cards that were like Christmas cookie decorating competition from two to four on Saturday and passed them around. You know, we were kind of like if five people would show up, that would be a win. And what was crazy is like 30 of our neighbors showed up and we were amazed at just giving people an opportunity to be around. There is a need for community. We know that we talk about that at Faith Bridge and we experienced it. And so from there, We were able to just connect and get to know people's names, figure out where each other lived, get cell phone numbers. And then we wanted to take it to, okay, let's individualize this. Now that we know some of these people, let's invite them over. And so um, over the course of the next year, we just started inviting people over to have dinner uh, because that just doesn't happen anymore. People don't do that. Uh, Like you said, people just go into their homes and, and, you know, close the garage door and, and move on with their lives. And so, you know, it doesn't have to be anything fancy. I mean, you can order pizza from Papa John's and, and just being together, asking questions, getting to know their story a little bit, um, who they are, what do they do? What are they passionate about? Uh, just a, a process of discovering. And, and I think what we found is the more we got to know people, it presented opportunities for ministry, uh, whether there were family situations that came up or sickness or, you know, places where we could, you know, bring flowers or just engage. It was just being aware of the people around us and looking for opportunities to to invite them in um, to our home, and then invite them in to Faith Bridge. I love that. I love the the
0: cookie decorating idea. It's obviously very creative, but you, as you were sharing, you know, my mind went to how many different types of people that would be appealing to. So if you are kind of the, the crafty type, you know, there's kind of an inherent appeal there, but even, you know, I, I know I'm speaking in generalities, like, you know, for the men, you know, they may not be, you know, super into like decorating cookies, but if you make it a competition, oh, yeah. okay, now I'm into it. Right? Yeah. So I love that example. And then, you know, just the simple invitation of inviting someone into your home. I, I was thinking about how one of the things that is supposed to mark us as believers is hospitality. Mm-hmm. That um and I think it's Jen Wilkin I've heard talk before about the difference between entertaining and hospitality. And so even as as Jennifer and I have tried to, you know, do some similar things to what you and Jill have, have been doing, you know, we often have the conversation is there's this felt pressure of like, oh, I don't have the biggest house or the nicest home uh, or, you know, the, the cleanest uh, home, especially us, uh, you know, with little ones in the home. And it's like, that's, that's not really what it's about. Enter- entertaining is about you. It's about you looking good. Mm-hmm. Hospitality is about them. And if you can just create an environment where you show genuine interest in people and that you love them and want to get to know them, how um, that's far more impactful than having, you know, necessarily a spotless home or the the fanciest
1: dinner cooked. Yeah, for sure. And I think that's what it takes is it takes stepping out there and just being okay with the fact that your home isn't perfect. You know, our our house was a lot cleaner uh, before Hadley's, so it'd probably be a little different right now. But even there, it really was, hey, I think it does make an impact on people when you invite them into to your space and uh, they can feel comfortable and and like you you thought of them and, and prepared a place for them. Kind of like, that's what the Lord does for us, right? So right. he goes before us to prepare a place for us. So. Yeah. And even
0: things, too, you know, one of the the phrases we you hear around Faith Bridge a lot is this idea of real people, real life, right. you know, to, to invite them into your home and to show them that you are just real people. Like, oh, we have the stack of mail that we haven't gone through, too. <laughs> yeah. Or, you know, we have the... <laughs> the toddler tantrums too and and just whatever the the case may be is, is a is a great way to show people that we we are just real people and that we have you know things that we deal with just like they do and then you know you 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 talked about the example of even just you know the casual dinner conversation sets foundation for greater ministry moments down the line that we we live in a broken and fallen world that tragedies happen Mm -hmm. in our, our most recent episode, we were talking with Kasha McLeod glass of about a time that they experienced loss around the holidays. Mm -hmm. And, and so that's part of the universal human experience. And not that we want those sorts of things to happen to people, but we know that they are going to. And so if we can be there for them on the, the front end and start to build those loving relationships, those trust, we can hopefully be the sort of people that they know that they can lean on when those hard times do happen.
1: Yeah, we've seen that to be true. I think uh, as we've gotten to know people, know their story, you know, there have been moments where we could ask, "Hey, can we pray about this specific thing?" And you know, most people are willing to accept prayer, even if they don't believe in God. like, Hey, maybe some good mojo happened, you right. know. Um, and so that is, it takes a little bit of boldness. It is a little bit uncomfortable. It's like, "Hey, can I pray for that?" Uh, and then following up, you know, uh, I can remember um, a leg surgery that a neighbor was having and, and just asking, hey, how did it go? Can we bring you anything? Um, how can we care for your, it was a son that, um, and, and just asking. And then what was interesting is as we began to ask them, can we pray at different times? That same group of neighbors has started reaching out to us when they have a need to pray about. And so I think trust is a big thing. That you can build just as you are present and engaging, and and God does stuff with it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I love, you know, what you shared of even just admitting it's like, yeah, it it can be awkward, it can be be nerve wracking, but I think a tactic of the enemy is to convince us that those conversations are going to go poorly far more often than they actually happen in reality. That that most people. You know, nowadays, especially something like, hey, can I pray for you? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not saying it won't happen, but it, it's going to be rare that the person says no. You know, yeah. mo- most people are, are open to it. And like you said, even if they don't believe, to at the very least that they know that someone actually cares for them. Mm-hmm. And um, all the more when you actually do that follow-up of, hey, you know, we were praying for that surgery. How did it go? Or, or whatever the case may be how how rare that is today and i I know it's kind of a cliche but i think it's true that idea that people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care and and so just every single one of those moments is um you know adding um to their little trust bank with you and knowing that um you
1: do genuinely care about them yeah honestly Mace, I have started to use fear as a gauge for knowing where God wants me to be because I feel like oftentimes the enemy inserts fear to keep me from wanting to do something. And I can't tell you how many times when I've had just kind of the sweaty palms or anxious about reaching out or, you know, inviting, I, I can remember inviting one of our neighbors to come hear Duffy preach. I thought, you know, that's a really Duffy is very disarming, right? He's funny. Um, he always has great illustrations. And so I felt like, hey, this would be a Sunday to invite one of our neighbors. And I was so anxious about it, thinking there is no way they're going to say yes. This is going to be so weird. And I, and so I, I just texted, and I was like, hey, this is coming up. Would love for you guys to come. Um, and I didn't hear anything back. And so I was like, yeah, that's that's right, you know. But you know what? Saturday night, I get this phone call from my neighbor. I'm thinking something's wrong. He's like, hey, what time is church tomorrow? And he came, and um, it it produced follow-up conversation from there. But I was so afraid of that, and I just knew sometimes that's when I know to step in the most, um, and the Holy Spirit works. And again, the result is not up to us. It's about being obedient. If I feel like the Lord has prompted me to invite them and I invite them and they don't come or he didn't call, that's okay. I was obedient uh, to what I felt like the Lord was was leading me to. And um, we don't always get to see the fruit or the result. Sometimes we do, and that encourages us on. Uh, but the Lord's always working and you don't know. Maybe they watched online. We've seen that. I remember during COVID, one time Jill and I had to be up at the church. I don't remember why, but we were at the gate of the church while church was going on during COVID and facebook will tell you who's watching the service like your friends who's watching and all of a sudden it pops up our neighbors watching church right now we're like oh my gosh they're watching church we we had invited them to several things and and anyway so you just never know what god's going to do when he's going to use an invitation and so just got to step into it right there's so much that i love
0: about what you just shared Uh, the the point about the fear Thing. You know, so often in Christian circles, we hear um, this idea that peace is a sign that it's God's will. You know, I just didn't have peace about it. And I'm not saying that there's no validity to that whatsoever, but especially something that we know we are called to do Mm -hmm. to share the gospel, to love our neighbors. When we're feeling, you know, that hesitation or we hear that voice that's telling us, not to do that. Whose voice do you think that is? Right. You know It's certainly not not God's. And so to, to actually use that as a I'm actually probably moving in the right direction. yeah I remember being on a mission trip and the founder of the organization we were partnered with, you know, was sharing the story of, of their organization and talked about some of the roadblocks. And you know, he talked about that idea that oftentimes when we when we hit those roadblocks, we, we see that as a sign. Oh, I guess this must not be God's will. And he was like, I see it as opposite. I must be on the right path and to, yeah. to keep, keep forging ahead. And then, um, you know, you also made the, the point of, of what true success is, you know, we're, we're Americans. We love results. We love numbers. We want things to be moving up and to the right. And I've been reading in my personal devotional time, the book of acts okay. and, when you read about the apostle Paul going from city to city, sharing the gospel, certainly in almost every case, there are people that are, are coming to faith in the Lord, but the overall reaction to him is, is negative and right. he's getting beaten up or run out of town. And mm-hmm. you know, I've been thinking a lot about, you know, the way we typically think of things, we would see Paul as a, a failure, but it's it's because often we have a wrong definition of success that we're operating out of. Mm-hmm. Success is obedience, right. and that's what you, you shared with us. And then the, the, the other thing that I loved about what you said is just talking about uh, invites. And one of the things that I appreciate about Faith Bridge is how we try to regularly create those sort of easy invite opportunities, such as around the holiday season we have our movie nights right. coming up. So maybe it's someone who is not yet ready to step foot on campus on a Sunday morning for a worship
1: service, but they'll come watch Elf right. or Home Alone with you. Yeah, we just started making invitations to our neighbors for that, and uh, one of them did come last year. And remembered the movie night. It's like, oh, those were so fun. Yeah, we'll come, and so even this morning driving in, uh, I was praying, God, let them come, and Lord, would they come back, you know, uh, on Christmas Eve, and I think if I was going to get real practical to the men listening to this, just like what what should I do? What would be a, a, a step from here? I would start there, pray. Like when you're backing out of your driveway, just pick the three houses and pray for them. You may not know their names yet. Uh, if you want to be creepy, you could probably get on Harris County Appraisal <laughs> and find their name, but that's probably not the best way to do it. But, um, you know, begin praying for the homes. God, give me an opportunity just to meet them. Uh, If you already know them, give me an opportunity to invite them. And that's probably going to take a little bit of effort. You may have to go across the street, but if they're decorating for the holidays, step out there while they're decorating, help put up a few lights if you can, Um, you know, try to look for those opportunities to engage. Hey, we've got this fun opportunity coming up and you can start to tailor your invitations. I think you kind of heard me do that. When Duffy was speaking, I'm like, Oh, I know this particular person. He was a really funny guy. He would probably enjoy this. Um, you know, super Sunday, you know, is another one faith bridge does football, right? If, if you know somebody who's a big football fan, that's a good Sunday to invite them. So you kind of start to, I feel like you have to be aware of what's happening at the church so that you can invite them in. So it's two things, right? It's knowing the person and knowing, a little bit about them to where you could make a tailored invitation and then knowing what's going on that I can invite them into. That's a lot less intimidating typically than, you know, Hey, can I tell you about Jesus? It, you know, that's, Hey, and maybe God is calling you to that. There may be a, an opportunity for it, but a lot of times it starts with an invite. And uh, keep in mind, I think it takes somebody told me seven times for somebody to accept an invitation. And I will tell you that has been our experience. Uh, the, uh, neighbors next to us we invited them to easter christmas vbs multiple times um and it that was the one that popped up on facebook live uh watching um and that was a couple years so plant those seeds and let god grow them in time right yeah i I was thinking of an example from my own life of
0: of a friend that i've invited on several occasions to different things we've had going on here and we did a men's conference earlier this fall and i was scrolling through my phone sending invites and i got to this one guy's name and i'll admit at first i just scrolled right on past i was like oh, he hasn't shown any interest i'm i'm, I'm not going to do that and then I felt convicted. I'm like, okay, Mace, you don't say no for someone. Yeah. Uh, you never know what the Spirit's going to do. And so I, I scrolled back up, and I sent him that invite. And lo and behold, he he thanked me for the invite. He wound up coming to um, the conference. And then we had a good breakfast uh, around that time as well, where he was just able to unpack some of the things that he's processing through. And so, yeah, just what a great encouragement of, um, you know, if, if a guy's sitting here listening to this, two just really practical things are to pray and to put that invite out there, and just watch and see what the Lord's going to do.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I think you know, I was talking with Jill, saying, you know, what are things that like kind of hold us back? And I think one of them is just being so focused on ourselves, particularly in the holidays. That's a big challenge. I think that men might face is, you know, you've got the shopping list. You know, you've got to make the Christmas cards. You've got to get the lights out. Um, you, you know, maybe you're hosting or maybe you're traveling or, or whatever. There's so much going on that can be so easy to be self-focused. Um, and that's a real challenge for us. Even we were saying, yeah, we've got to step back and, and say, okay, um, how can we make time for this? And maybe it's just a text message. You know, that doesn't take long. You can do that um, or just again, you know, praying, you can do that driving, uh, in or at night as you're going to bed. But I think that's the big challenge is to, to be selfless in this way of, of loving our neighbors. Um, when it's really easy to be self-focused. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so it,
0: it takes one on the one hand, that kind of prior planning. Um, but number two, I think, you've also given some great examples of something that my team and I have been talking a lot about when it comes to making more stronger disciples is there is a time, you know, for having a grow group that you go to, it's a set time, but there's also a a time for being intentional rather than additional. So being on mission and loving your neighbors and and reaching out to them doesn't always have to be some additional thing that you're adding to your calendar. It's having your eyes open for the opportunities that the Lord is already presenting. You shared the one example of when your house got broken into, but you also shared another great example of, uh, you know, everybody putting up their decorations right now. And I, I think of, you know, just in the last few days of, as Jennifer and I have been pulling onto our streets, seeing neighbors, um, you know, putting up their lights and it's just an opportunity. It doesn't have to be, I mean, you have to share the gospel right in that conversation, but it's an opportunity to at least create a touch point. And so, um, and you know, one of kind of the general encouragements I've been hearing you, uh, you know, mention throughout the conversation, explicitly or implicitly, is just to uh, never underestimate what the Lord might do through one of those small interactions. Whether it's just as they're putting out their decorations, or a text message uh, that you briefly
1: send out, or like you said, never discount the the power of prayer. Yeah, and I think as I was thinking about the Christmas lights. A good question to ask people if you're out there with them is hey what traditions do you have around the holidays that's just an open you know you can get them talking about oh you know growing up we did this or we did that and and sometimes well you know we always went to Christmas Eve service you may hear that it's like oh well, where are you going this year mm-hmm. right uh oh we're not I don't know we're COVID you know we haven't been to church or whatever. okay there's an opportunity right. you know or an opportunity to make a new tradition. Hey, FaithBridge has this movie night. You can step in there, um, you know, just a, a few questions to ask as you're standing around, hopefully helping with some lights or whatever. Yeah, I love that. Well, Sully, you've given us a ton of great practical wisdom.
0: Thank you, first and foremost, for the example that you and Jill set of trying to, to love your neighbors well and for all that you do um, to shepherd the people at FaithBridge here. And thank you all for joining us for another episode of the Faith Bridge Men podcast. Remember to please rate, share, and subscribe so you don't miss out on more great content that we have planned for the new year. See you next time. Hey guys, thanks for tuning into this episode. We hope you found it helpful and encouraging. For more content and stories like this, check out faithbridge.org slash podcasts and don't forget to subscribe.